Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies in moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III, and thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Next Level Leader Podcast. Let me tell you, so excited to have you tuned in today. You've subscribed to this podcast, and it's our desire to make certain, particularly now that you are able to mature as a leader, get insight strategies from some of the best thought leaders on the planet we bring in from time to time to interview with. And of course, I try to drop nuggets to help us as we move as leaders to the place that God has ordained for our lives. I want to thank all of you for sharing this podcast, and I hope that you will encourage others around the globe to subscribe. We have a goal. We're trying to reach hundreds of thousands more this year alone through this podcast. So make certain that you share it, and I'll be giving you more information at the end of this podcast on how you can be a part of helping us get this word out to so many people. I want today to talk about managing your emotions. Now, let's be very honest. Emotions are sometimes like a wildfire. If not truly contained, they can burn out of control. There are a lot of people who reflect back over their lives and who know that there have been decisions and things that were done at the height of your emotions that you wish you could get back. Being a leader is really tied to how well you're able to manage emotions because you're going to be in specific situations that will put a demand upon your emotions. And your ability to control, contain your emotions, know how to use your emotions to get things done without imploding, without sabotaging yourself, is going to be key. How you handle criticism, how you handle challenges, how you handle rejection, all of these things are important for leaders. And I want to help you understand today some critical lessons I think that would be beneficial to you if you're going to be a next level leader. Now, I want to give you these principles and I want you to write them down and I want you to really pay attention because this first one is to understand that emotions are not bad unless they're out of control. Our emotions are necessary. Our emotions of laughter and anger and Uh, sadness. These things were given to us by God. These are natural emotions. And our emotions in and of themselves are not bad. So we're not going to demonize the idea of emotion. You're emotional. I'm supposed to be emotional as long as I'm a human being. I'm emotional regardless of my position or title. What is unfortunate is that there are people who try to go through life a-emotional based on their particular title and position. You know how folks are, I can't express sadness or I can't express pain or I can't express anger because everybody's looking at me. That is an unhealthy model. Leaders are more effective when people are able to see them in emotional spaces, but yet under control. You look at the scriptures, you see Jesus exemplified emotion. We saw him angry when he was literally in the temple and turned over the money changers tables. We saw him sad when Lazarus died. The scripture says that Jesus wept. 
you know, we, we see Jesus in this gut-wrenching moment, you know, of frustration and trying to work through it uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. All of these different emotions, right, they are a part of the human reality. But I believe it's important that you wrap your mind around the fact that as a leader, you're going to have to make certain that your emotions are not out of control, which suggests the second principle of not taking the bait of offense. Now, I've been talking a lot about this because what occurs is that offense will come. The inevitable violation of trust or people who who push certain buttons in your life, who do things that are counterproductive or who, who attempt to derail your destiny. These things are offensive. People who say things they shouldn't. And the question is, how do I respond and not react? You see, my ability to contain my emotions has everything to do with, even though this has been done to me, now I process it and I respond by thinking through my response versus just a knee-jerk reaction based on emotion. You did this to me, so therefore I instinctively act. That is unhealthy. I have to process it, think about how my actions impact the lives of people who are connected to me, people that I mentor. I got to think about my family. I got to think about my financial destiny. So all of these things play a role in my response. I can respond with a sense of conviction. I can respond succinctly, but I need to make certain that I am not responding out of my emotions because I have taken the bait. The reason why this analogy of the bait is there is because it is there to pull me out of myself, to devalue and discredit my leadership by literally having me out here in a space that I'm not supposed to be emotionally. You've seen that before, right? You've seen a person who, you know, is in a high-level position, public figure. They get pulled in their emotions, and next thing you know, they're trending on Twitter. You know, they're out here viral on YouTube doing something crazy. And once that stuff gets out there, you can't get it back. Which I think is important because as we look at this third area, Emotional instability burdens your ability to lead effectively. So once you take that bait, it then looks like emotional instability. It really does. People say, well, maybe you're not stable enough to actually lead me. And that's why it's important for us to understand that a good grip on our emotions helps us have a sense of stability, that people can then have credibility in our ability to lead. Always understand that emotional instability is not a friend of leadership. When you're up and down, when you're all over the place, it's hard for people to work with you. It's hard for people to know. You know, it's like the color purple. You're going to go and see what color's on the wall today with Mr. You know, it's like you don't really know what to expect when you're around you. And I think it's important that you are a person who represents a sense of stability, that you are even keel, level-headed. As a leader, you've got to say, these things may be going on, but I'm not going to allow myself to be all over the place, pulled in all these different emotional spaces. I think that's going to be an important part of you 
evolving and developing as a leader. Now, this next area I want to spend a little time talking about, let's kind of drop anchor here for a second. You have to identify and reconcile your emotional triggers. How do I identify those things that are still sensitive to the touch? And how do I reconcile those things? Now, I want to share this with you. So I wrote a book. It's called Restored at the Root. And that book at the premise was about there are certain actions that occur in our lives that are a direct result of unreconciled issues at the root of our lives. And unless we're willing to do the real work of going to the root and finding out what these things are, we'll never be able to fix the problem. There are triggers. And those triggers are being pushed every single day by the enemy because he knows what areas are sensitive to you. And you are going to have to, as a leader, do the hard work of reconciling why are these things still sensitive to the touch? Why am I overly sensitive to this conversation or this particular thing happening in my life? Why am I so upset when I see this happening? It's because I need to go back and reconcile some past pain in my own life so that these things don't harm me again. See, there are fears and there's anxieties we harbor. And these things come from unreconciled trauma as leaders in our past. So you may just have to go after it and just say, I'm going to go and figure out how to deal with some of this stuff. And in that book, I talk about how you have to confront it, the ability to confront what happened to me and why it happened and why it is still affecting me has a lot to do with how I process certain things today emotionally. Most times when people are responding out of their emotions, it's really not the current situation that they're responding to, but it's some historical situation that they're responding to. That's why I say so often, and now you'll hear me say it over and over again, what you may interpret as someone being hysterical is actually someone being historical. Let that sink in. Now, I want to move to this next area. <laughs> I, I know that just for somebody that resonated in a very deep way. I get it. So go confront that stuff. Go deal with it. Go and talk to someone. Let them walk you through the process. Go to therapy. Let somebody help you figure out why are you still emotionally tied to that pain and trauma in your past? And what do you need to do to tie a bow around that and then be done with it? Say, I'm going to cry my last tear on that so that these triggers are not there in my life because these are the kinds of things that continuously pull me into this emotional abyss and allow me to act in ways that I should not act and prevent me from producing in ways I should. Now, how do I make me better? How do I guard my emotions? How do I guard my heart? How do I move into a place where I can really reconcile this? I'm glad you asked. I want to share these things with you. Listen carefully. Start your day centering in prayer and meditation. You know, this is an important thing. Richard Foster's book, The Celebration of Discipline. 
It's a powerful book that helps us understand that prayer and meditation is something that must be done with intentionality. It is what centers us as believers. And I want to encourage you today to really think about what is centering you. What is causing you to get to a place in your life where you are, listen, unaffected, unbothered by certain things that may have come in your life? A prayerful life? And you think about Jesus as was his custom. He would go early in the morning before day and he would go and pray to his heavenly father. What is it about prayer and meditation that causes me to center myself so that I'm saying I want my emotions and my heart and my mind to be so centered that I'm not going to be pulled in all of these different directions emotionally? That's a big deal. It's also important when I begin thinking about that, meditation, being still, you know, putting on the headphones and listening to, you know, some good music and just worshiping God and walking through nature and just putting the phone down and not responding to all the emails and just being still. Wonderful is that. When we center ourselves as leaders, we become better. We become better. In my latest book, Leadership and Loneliness, I spend a lot of time talking about the importance of meditation, the importance of using isolation for an opportunity to spend time with your Heavenly Father, to center yourself so that you don't end up defaulting to destructive coping mechanisms that could hinder your ability to lead effectively and could tarnish your character. So it's incredibly important that we pray. We meditate, we stay still, but then also don't make moves in your feelings. Make them on the facts. I cannot tell you over these many years I've been leading how many times I have seen people make emotional moves on their feelings without the benefit of facts. Man, this is what happens when you're moved in your emotions. You're just all over the place. You're, you're episodic. You I'm leaving, I'm going. You know, you don't understand what it means to have stick to I only move on facts. If the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way, I want to be where God wants me to be. So if this is the business deal, or if this is the program in school, if this is the relationship, I want to do that on facts. I want to, I want to evaluate what does God say about this? What are the real facts, not my feelings, not my emotions? Because I can't always trust my emotions. My emotions can be one way on one day, and three months later, all of a sudden, I'm in a whole other emotional place. Let me give you a perfect example. Have you ever gone to the mall? Of course you have. <laughs> and you saw something and you were just so emotional about getting it. Oh, I just got to have it. I got to have it. Oh my God, this will be so great. Three months later, it's sitting in your closet and the same emotion that you had when you first got it is not necessarily applied to it right now. It doesn't look as good as it looked then. Now you're wondering, why did I get that? So you start making justifications for it. Well, I'll figure out something to wear with it one day. It's all because you make decisions in your emotions. We live in a day where people do this. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to get to a place where you elevate beyond your emotions and you're able to make decisions on facts. Is this the wise thing for me to do? Is this the thing for me to do? Is this fiscally responsible? 
this is what I have to make certain I do. Making decisions based on facts. Don't miss God in your emotion. Final thing I want to share with you, starving the negative, feeding the positive. See, a part of managing your emotions is you have to starve the negative. You have to not give place to the devil. You have to create an environment around you where you refuse to allow negativity to constantly have free access to your life. Some people are just drawn to negativity. Some people just love it. They just, they just like to be around that which is adverse. And I think it's important when you are a next level leader to begin feeding the positive, pouring into yourself spiritual things, reading books that sharpen you and challenge you, reading the Bible, pour positivity into your life. Because when you pour positivity into your life, you ease out the negativity. You're a person that says, I'm not going to accommodate or make allowances for space for negative thoughts and comments and environments. I, at this point in my life, have to make certain that I create a positive environment around me. Ladies and gentlemen, your emotions matter. And you absolutely have the power to control your emotional affect. Your emotional affect is tied to your emotional environment that fuels it. You surround yourself with people who are positive, people who are thinkers, people who are critical analysis people when they come to how they respond and not react, people who look at everything and say, let's look at the facts here, not just the emotions of it. When you surround yourself with people like that, you become the kind of leader who knows how to manage your emotions. You don't end up in relationships you shouldn't. You don't end up on jobs that you wish you didn't have. You don't end up buying stuff that you can't afford. When you are a next level leader, you take these things seriously. I want you to really process something. Your emotions are not bad. They're not, but they have to be under control. That's too much that God wants to do in your life for you to have your emotions all over the place. And I, I hope that this has challenged you to reevaluate some of the decisions you're making, some of the places you may be in your life. And even though you may say, wow, I'm just so excited about this. This is great. Reel that in a little bit. Process it. Pray about it. And make sure your emotions are properly focused so that you can make intelligent decisions that will not only benefit you today and tomorrow, but for years and even generations to come. I want to thank you for listening today. As always, it has been a joy. And I want you to follow me at Joseph Walker3 on Instagram. Let me know if this is blessing you. It would mean a lot for me to hear from you and to know that you're connecting with me. I also encourage you to get my new book, Leadership and Loneliness. Go to josephwalker3.org. I promise you a lot of what I talked about today will be in that book. Go check it out. And then also share. Share it. Tell them. Subscribe to Next Level Leader Podcast. I want you to share with all of your followers on social media, all of your friend circles, and say, let's, let's have a Next Level Leader listening party on Tuesdays. I want you to do it. Thank you so much and manage those emotions. Go after what God has for your life and know that I'll be praying for you. Until next time, you be blessed and you remember, 
God has great things in store for your life. God bless. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.